Hello there, and welcome back to the Film Score Podcast. I hope you've found something to fill the void while the show has been on a hiatus. Unfortunately, I don't have any updates for when the main show is going to come back. Probably a couple more months, but I haven't decided yet. In the meantime, however, and to give you something else to listen to, I'm going to try something a little different. So I've been writing reviews of film scores for several years at this point, and a couple years back I actually recorded a few as well, um, the video of them at least, they're up on YouTube. So I've decided to try that out on the audio format and give you a couple minute reviews of the occasional film score as well. And we'll see how that goes, I hope you like it. Today I'll be talking about Dan Wool's score for the new stop-motion horror film, I guess you could call it, Phil Tippett's Mad God. And candidly, when I first watched this movie, I barely noticed the score. And in part, perhaps, it could be that Dan Wool tried to make it so that the score wasn't necessarily noticeable all the time. But it could have also just been that I was so engulfed and entranced by the movie's visuals that my brain didn't have time to really register anything else. And this is 100% a visual movie. It's a visual masterpiece, and it is utterly stunning. Tippett spent 30 years putting this together, this stop-motion nightmare world filled with these grotesque, bizarre monstrosities and dilapidated settings and environments. Most of the film follows these two characters, each is known as an assassin. Almost through their eyes, or they're like a tour guide, we see the world of Mad God, the incessant violence and chaos and carnage. We see World War I-styled killing fields and great industrial complexes that really look like they're creating nothing other than death and pain of everyone that's there. And it's all stop motion and in incredible detail and the environments are rich and full of life and death. And you almost wish that it was a, a graphic novel or something where you could stop at each page, at each visual, and soak it all in before moving on to the next piece. So you can see why you might not notice the score at first. And I was particularly surprised when I put the score on I noticed it was 79 minutes, given the film itself's only 85. And I thought, wow, a lot of this must have been left on the cutting room floor. But I was wrong. Dan Wool actually got in touch with me and told me that the movie's almost wall-to-wall score. It's just that so much of the score combines with the sound design. And I know that a lot of people hate that concept. There are all sorts of complaints which I generally find very misguided or hyperbolic that... Modern film music is just sound design. But here, the sound design and the score work together really well so that they don't take away from the visuals. And you can hear this on the score release too, where a lot of the diegetic sound of the film comes into the score. Sometimes it's just electronic hums. Other times it's the bizarre baby gurgling of this overseer of this industrial complex that's effectively a giant baby made up of TV monitors overseeing the operation. 
And these sounds come in sometimes heavier, sometimes lesser, sometimes gone entirely. And a lot of it becomes grating drone and industrial carnage and hums and sounds of this mechanical hellscape. And in that regard, it does remind me a bit, at least broadly, of David Lynch and Alan Splett's score for Eraserhead, where you're dropped into this industrial hellhole. But that's not the entirety of the score, and frankly, that's what I thought it would be. So a lot of the score actually has acoustic instruments, and particularly acoustic guitar, and that's where Wool's main theme typically comes from, what it's orchestrated on. And you might notice it when you're watching the film, but it was particularly when I listened to the score on its own and I heard that theme, which is really bleak and draining, with a slightly hopeful undercurrent. And sometimes that hope is brought even further to the foreground, not just in the instrumentation of the theme, but also in ancillary musical elements that will join it. And I think that makes it all even more disastrous on your emotions, because that hopeful feeling, that sense of optimism, is routinely destroyed, and it's only there for a few seconds, and then Wool snuffs it out. Because this is a world that doesn't care. It's full of murder and killing and carnage, but not really for a purpose, just for the hell of it. And that's what the score gives off as well. You become particularly emotionally connected to this otherwise unconnectable world. There are all sorts of almost unimaginable monstrosities that you'd think, oh, it's so different, how could I ever connect to this? But through the eyes of the assassins and Wool's main theme, that recurring motif that ties in the carnage and your own human senses of, of empathy and fear, and every time you listen and that theme repeats, those senses come right back. Gives me a, a slight chill. What makes it perhaps even more effective is that the theme is broken up by those longer stretches of droning sounds, sound design, just the general rumbling chaos of the nightmare world's maw devouring everything, and of the gears of industry crushing everything in its wake that it slowly grinds you down as well. And then the motif comes in, and there's a little bit of hope, and you think that, oh, maybe this time things will be different, but it never is. And going through that emotional merry-go-round really makes the score fly by. As I said, it's 79 minutes, but it goes really quick. And then there's a few nice touches at the end of the score release, too. One is this kind of upbeat, 60s future modern lounge sound that comes in for about two minutes that you hear in this almost psychedelic upbeat moment in the film. It's a moment that comes out of nowhere and strikes you with surprise. And so while it stands out from the rest of the palette very starkly, it's a nice little pick-me-up at the very end. You kind of need it. And I hadn't really listened to Wool's music before, so this was a, a really nice, I'd say, first impression of his. Not just because it's great music, but because he somehow managed this balance of 
having a score that, in the context of the film, never takes away from or draws attention from the visuals. The focus is always on the visual. But yet at the same time, works really well as a standalone, visceral listening experience. So if you haven't, I highly recommend not just listening to the score, but watching the film as well. Because it's, I mean, they're both just brilliant. And really, unlike anything you'll have heard or seen.